0: Okay, so why in the world did we do that? I have no idea. You have no idea. Okay, so between the opportunities that you guys had to minister to people and then doing this, when I was thinking about this, I thought about each and every piece of fruit as a different kind of a person, right? You have certain people that are a little bit prickly on the outside, pineapple, but they're sweet on the inside. You just got to figure out how to get in there, right? Because there might have been some things that happened in their life, you never know. Coconut? super, super hard, hard-headed, hard-hearted people, you and have to, thinking, oh yeah, my God. yeah, you got some people need banged on the concrete, not literally, not literally, spiritually speaking, well, but then, <laughs> but then there's others that are super, super easy and very soft to get to, like the banana or like an apple. It's very, very easy. And so when I was thinking about, there's different ways to minister to people. If you had no tools whatsoever, it would have been very, very difficult to try to get inside the pineapple, as you can see. Even if you have a tool, even if you have a tool, you need to have the right tool in order to do the job properly. Because the end result, when you go to the store, you want to buy a fruit that looks like this, which, by the way, when we're done, you guys can have some if you want. You can get some cups and stuff. You've got some forks. You can have some of that. Um, and not necessarily like this. You're not going to go to Giant Eagle and be able to sell a mango. <laughs> it's like this. It's not going to happen. And if you were to walk into the store, oh, yeah, pineapple's on sale. Buy one, get one free. No one's going to do it. They're not going to want that. And so as I was thinking about ministering to people, you have to know the right tools. You've got to use the tools properly. But some of us aren't even equipped, and we don't even know how. Like, you know, in order to cut a pineapple open and do it properly, there's a certain way you have to do it, and you have to be taught. remember the first time that I had to do it. And so who did I go to? I went to my mom, who knew how to do that. And she's like, okay, now do this, 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 and this. And I did it, and it worked out really, really well. Mangoes. I learned the hard way about mangoes. When I was in the Philippines, I learned there's a giant seed in the middle. And people like to cut mangoes, and they try to cut them down the middle. It's not going to work. You're going to ruin the entirety of just all the fruit that you can get out of it because there's a seed on the inside. And people actually, if you've never seen this, you can actually take a glass, like a water glass, and you can actually use the edge of the glass to peel the skin off and then to peel the fruit off, right into the glass, it's super, super easy. You'd never think to use something like that, but somebody was just thinking, how can I get in and get the fruit out of this thing? And a lot of people would just waste it and just throw it completely away. And I feel like in ministry, we do that. Some people require a lot of patience. Some people require a lot of creativity. And at the end of the day, we get frustrated and we just end up trashing the whole thing and forgetting about them. When there's something valuable on the inside that God loves and he wants to see it come out of them. It just comes up to you and whether you're not, if you're going to be creative, and you're going to have the patience in order to reach that person. So that was the illustration. And so to close things out on your guys' study sheet, if you guys still have them, go ahead and take a look at this. There's three things, three keys to minister effectively. If you want to minister effectively because by the way in john chapter 15 jesus said that you are supposed to go and bear fruit and your fruit is supposed to remain so that means if god gives you fruit you better handle it wisely so that way it can be fruit that's beneficial to the lord okay so the first thing here is walk circumspectly throughout your life walk around in your life with your eyes wide open what does it mean to be circumspect? That's a biblical word that we don't really use that often. But what does it mean to be circumspect? Yeah, Ken. Paying attention to your surroundings. Yes, paying attention. Have you ever seen people that, and they don't pay attention to their surroundings? What happens to them? They become objects of laughter for many people. Or they get hurt. I mean, how many people, Jamie, have you seen come into the ER? They weren't paying attention and just something happened. So those things can happen. So you need to walk <laughs> circumspectly. If you're walking around in your life with your eyes open, paying attention to the people around you, you're going to see opportunities to minister. That's why three weeks ago I gave you guys that opportunity. What's someone, or who is someone that you could minister to and start thinking, thinking about them, thinking outside of your, your own little world, stepping outside of your own little world to get into somebody else's mess and minister to them. And so that's something that's very important because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that we are supposed to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. We're supposed to redeem the time that God has given you. Our time can be spent on two things, ourselves or other people. And other people would include also the Lord as well because God loves people. That's why he died for people, because he loves them. And I think too often we spend too much time on ourselves and with our own life and not enough on other people. And when we do that, you're not going to be a minister because you're not thinking about people. You only have time to think about yourself. So that's the first thing. Secondly, purposely choose to minister to others. Purposely choose to minister to others. Let's take a look at a passage here. Go to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Purposely choose to minister to others. You have to have this mindset. If you're not going to purposely choose to minister to other people, then you're just not going to do it. You can have the best intentions in the world, but you're not going to do it. This is also why when it comes to our Bible reading and praying, we struggle sometimes because we're not purposely choosing to do things to walk with God. It's the same thing when it comes to ministering to people. 1 Corinthians 16. Take a look at verse 15. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia... And that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They, these people, they have addicted themselves. They have chosen each and every day to be consumed with ministry. Ministering to people, ministering to the lost, ministering to the saved. It is what they live for. It's what they spend their time doing. Um, there are so many things that try to grab our attention in, in our lives. I mean, so many things. I mean, just things that I know you guys are interested in. Some of you are really good at sports, and it takes up a lot of time. And that's what it does, and that's what it takes. And I'm not saying that's wrong, because I did the same thing. And then when I switched over from sports into music stuff, music takes up a lot of time and a lot of practice. If you want to perform well, if you want to sing well, if you want to play well, you have to take the time to do it. If you want to get good grades, because I know some of you, that's a priority. Others of you, you just don't care. You have to put time into it in order to get good grades. You have to. And it's the same thing when it comes to spiritual matters. If you don't purposely choose to do things on the spiritual level with God, then you're never going to be successful spiritually. It's the reason why I know as a Christian and when, I've been, when I was your age, I would struggle with the growth that I would have or not have in my life. And it's because I didn't put the time into it. I didn't choose to do things. I didn't choose to think about other people. I didn't choose to choose God and what he wanted for my life over myself. And it caused a whole bunch of problems in my life. So you have to purposely choose to minister to others. It has to be part of why you're alive. And then number three, once you start choosing to minister to other people and you do it on purpose, the number three is a big one. This is a big one. Minister without respect of persons and with unconditional love. You cannot pick and choose who gets to be the object of your ministry. It doesn't work like that. Every time that I've done that, it's never worked out well. People that I thought would be the people that I could reach for the Lord ended up being the people that were the farthest away and actually never ended up coming to the Lord. Very few, very few. It's the people that I didn't realize. It's the people that I, that I didn't have my eye on. Those are the people that God had his eye on, and I needed to change my vision a little bit. See, a lot of us look at the potential that someone could have if they love the Lord, and meanwhile, we're missing people that God really could use. Because those people that we think they have the potential to serve God and to do something amazing for God, most of the time it's because of some skill that they have, or some personality trait that they have, or some sort of social status that they have. That's not how God works. Uh, this isn't in your notes, but I want you to see this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one. Look at verse twenty-six. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. And here's the purpose, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See, when I was a kid, Um, I idolized Michael Jordan. I loved to watch Michael Jordan play. I mean, it was amazing to watch him play. I got to see the last time he played up at the, what was called the Gund Arena, the Q. I got to see the last time he played, he was on the Washington Wizards, and he played his last game at that arena. And I got to be there for that. And it was amazing. And I would often think, man, if a guy like Michael Jordan could get saved, he could reach so many people. That's not how God works. In my mind, Of course. It would make sense because he's popular, he's got status, he's got money, he's got access, he's got all these things. But see, those things that make him popular in this world are actually the things that are holding him back from being saved. Because if he actually did get saved, he would actually have to give up those things probably that would give him all that money and give him all that status. And so you don't see very many people that are popular, that are successful, that are wise in this world actually do anything for God. They don't. Out of all the people that Jesus chose, he chose 12 guys. Half of them were fishermen. They caught fish for a living, which also means they failed religious school. They were failures in the eyes of the people that were around them. Those were the men that Jesus chose. And those are the men that actually did an incredible job. And in case you didn't know, just read the book of Acts. They did an incredible job. And they spread the gospel throughout the entire world. They were not the most skillful men. They were men willing to be used by God to do whatever they wanted. And I think too many times we want to be known for those good things in our life, the things that, are, that we're really, really good at. We want, to, we want to be known for that. That's why I think in my life, you know, I, I, I ended up quitting sports and I went into music, and I had a chance, and I have shared my testimony to go to Nashville and record my own stuff, and I was super close to doing it, and I chose not to do it. And what happened was, is when I started following the Lord and doing what He wanted me to do in, in my life, My desire for music went and it was almost completely gone. And now if I never pick up that guitar ever again or if I never sing, I'm okay with that. I really don't care. But when I was your age, that meant everything to me because that was a skill that God gave me that I wanted to use for his honor, and for his glory. And here, it was just me being selfish because every time I sang, I impressed people and I liked the adoration that I got from people. And so when I gave my life to God to say, God, I want to be your man, and I want to serve you, and if you want me to be in the ministry, I'll do it, God took that desire completely away from me. And he said, mm if you're going to serve me, that's got to go. And so now I use it. I'll use it for whatever God wants me to, but if I never pick up the guitar ever again, I won't. And, and I'll be okay. I have no problem with that, because it's not about that. So those things in your life that make you someone in the eyes of people, those are the things that you should not be focusing on. Those are the things that are actually holding you back from serving the Lord properly. That might be a hard pill to swallow, but you need to think about that for a second. Because chances are, if you search deep down in your heart, in your heart of hearts, and you're honest with God, that's actually something that makes you feel you have worth in this world. And so it's getting in the way. Because God is not, he's not the one that gives you your worth. You're finding your worth in these skills and these abilities that you have. And so it's getting in the way. I'm not saying you should quit. I'm saying you should reprioritize. You need to think about it. You need to be willing to offer it up on the altar to the Lord and say, God, if you want to take this away, I'm okay with it. Because it keeps getting in the way of my relationship with you. Because there's no way you're going to be able to minister to people if you're just so consumed with yourself. It's just not going to happen. Jesus had to leave the glory of heaven, all the things that made him God above all gods, king above all kings, Lord above all lords, everything that made him that, he left it behind to die for you. So at the heart of a minister, you leave everything that makes you someone in this world behind, and you follow the Lord, and then you will find the greatest thing you'll ever find in this world. It's amazing. And it's, I love how God does that, because it's a true testing ground, because most people won't do it. They will hang on to the things that make them someone in this world, and they miss out out of the unbelievable, miraculous, just stupendous plan that God has for their life. And they hold on to the stuff that makes them someone in this world. And then they get to the end of their life, and they realize it really didn't matter anyway. So there's a few things that we really need to think about. You need to minister without respect of persons. You don't minister to someone just because you like them or you see a potential they might have. You minister to everyone no matter what the opportunity is. And chances are the people that are the outcasts, those that are the, the strangers, the ones that no one else likes, those are the people that become your object of your ministry. And you do it with unconditional love. You don't love people because they love you in return. No, you love people because God loved you. That's what we do. We don't do it because of what we get back, as reciprocated back. You know, well, I serve this person, and then they, they were appreciative. No, you serve because God loved you first. That's what you do, and then you let God take care of the rest. Generally, people appreciate you being a blessing to them and ministering to them. They will, because most people, they do appreciate that, like you asking to pray for them, those sorts of things. But I'm telling you, you have got to get in your heart to love people unconditionally. If they never love you back, it doesn't matter. You do it anyway. Because that's what Christ did. He died for people that would never receive him as their savior. He paid their sin penalty knowing they would never never be redeemed, that they would never confess Jesus Christ as Lord in this life. He did that intentionally. And so we as ministers need to do the same thing in a way with the people that were around. So you guys have an incredible opportunity every single day to be an amazing minister if you're willing to look for it, if you're willing to choose to be a minister, if you're willing to walk circumspectly, if you're, if you're purposely choosing to minister other people, and if you do it with the true heart of God, without respect to persons, and with unconditional love. So that's that. Um, I love the illustration. That was a blast. I'm glad we didn't get the floor too, too dirty. Um, But uh, but yeah, but feel free if you want to. We've got some stuff in the back. We've got some um, plastic cups in the back. If you want to take a cup, get some fruit. It's really good fruit. And uh, we'll call it a night. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for what we learned tonight. I pray, God, that it would sink down deep within our heart and that it would change the way we live. Thank you for loving us. And I pray that we would serve you with all that we've got and that we'd rethink this whole thing of ministering to others and ministering to people. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.